Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Pod on the Tyne, your go-to weekly Newcastle United prod, prod. I always say that. I always say podcast. Maybe this. Maybe we should change you this. Just, maybe it should be a podcast. You hate Catholics, don't you? You're absolutely <laughs> despised Catholics. <laughs> don't start sending out rumours like that on the internet, George. That could get me in a lot of trouble. Uh, your go-to weekly Newcastle United podcast brought to you by The Athletic. My name's Taylor Payne, and this week I'm joined by George Corkin and Charlotte Robson. Coming up this week, we're going to be discussing Newcastle's Player of 2020, the YouTube streaming phenomenon that is the true Geordie and all the alternative punditry stuff that's going on at the minute. But before we get into that, let me remind you that right now, if you subscribe to The Athletic, you can give another subscription as a gift for free. It's the perfect present for any football fan this Christmas. Enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around like our George here as well as ad-free versions of all of our podcasts. We have goodbye to 2020 and say hello to 2021 by sharing the gift of the Athletics unrivaled football coverage for the whole year. It's the perfect present for yourself and someone else. Just go to theathletic.co.uk forward slash Newcastle pod. That's theathletic.co.uk forward slash Newcastle pod and sign up now. Right then, now I've managed to get through all of that. How are we doing? Are we good, Charlotte? How are you doing? It's nice to have you back. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, I'm good. I'm very cold, but I'm good. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, get the heat up, man. In my house. I've got put it a on. I've, on. I've got all of that. You know, that's my first port of call. Always put another jumper on. But I'm just. I think I just. It's because I'm sat working from home and I'm just sitting and not moving much. So I'll have to. How do have a you bit been of... since we last spoke? Have you been okay? When did we last week in the summer sometime? Uh, yeah, so. generally I think, fine. I think the last time I saw you face-to-face was after the West Brom game in the freezing cold with George. Topical, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was the cup game. Um, yes, I've been generally fine since then. Obviously, a weird year. But, <laughs> generally um, fine. <laughs> overall, fine. Thank you. That was the last... Um, was that our last game with a crowd? Yeah, I, I think, think it so. was, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. the last one God. I went to. So many inflatable penises. Still... Burnished in the memory that it's burned into your burnished? retinas. Burnished? Do I mean burnished? burnished? I'm not burned. sure that's what burned, you mean. seared into my memory. What an absolutely outstanding night though it was. How are you doing, George? Are you okay? I'm all right. I, unlike Charlotte, I'm not cold. I'm warm. I've been for a run, and I've been for a run um, sort of along the Tyne at Newburn. Very, very nice. But my run was kind of halted because I was like. Oh, Amazing. There's a seal. There's a seal on the Tyne. I had this like beautiful moment. I sound a bit like John Major in that party political broadcast when he sound, found his old house. Oh, there it is. There it is. Current references. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So um, anyway, I saw Kids a seal and I stopped and I was sure that I'd seen the seal. And I've seen them there before. And it was this magical moment. Anyway, this enormous seal then broke the water and it, it was holding 
uh, herring gull in its mouth. Oh my god! And the herring gull, <laughs> and the herring gull was still alive, and it was flapping. It was like this beautiful magical moment turned into one of the worst <laughs> things that I've ever witnessed. And so it kept kind of going, going beneath, going beneath the water, and then coming back with this kind of enormous flapping bird. So I feel quite traumatized. I don't know if there's a. I don't know if there's a metaphor in there somewhere. I don't know if that's I think there's a potential career in this for you, George. I think when I think you could be the new Attenborough. It was distressing. It was like that scene in Trials of Life, whatever it was, where the the um, the orca comes through the wave, breaks through the waves, and gets the seal. Except the opposite. The only thing I've seen floating in the Tyne recently was a massive human poo near Tyne Dock. So that's good. Right. <laughs> it's good that you could recognise what it had come from. Well, you know, I've yeah. got a bit of a, a, a bit of experience in that. Field, so, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, enough shit for one day. Let's crack on. The latest update from Newcastle United is that the Dorsley Park training ground is back open again. Um, The potential of the West Brom game going ahead is now there again after earlier on in the week. It looked like there was absolutely no chance of it happening after a a spate of positive coronavirus cases that ripped through the club, uh, forcing an awful lot of players to isolate and uh, for the training ground to be closed down. But we're at a position now where the, the players have started training again. Could the West Brom game go ahead? What's the latest on that, George? Have you had? A, have you heard anything from the club? Uh, well, the club are not saying very much, and they haven't done throughout throughout this. They've been. It doesn't sound uh, like them, does it? <laughs> no. Um, and in fact, I know Charlotte wants to talk about uh, talk about this, but no. I mean, we're told that the training ground is back open. Obviously, it hasn't been open for a long time, so that's uh, so that's good. Um, that means that the game. Uh, this weekend is then far more likely to uh, to go ahead because at least it means people can kind of get get in there and do their stuff and they weren't able to to do that last last week so that's a um, so that's a good thing uh, we'll have to see how the next how the next sort of few days develop but we saw last week that they called the game off very very early to me that suggests that you know things things look far more promising at this stage and it's likely to go on but yeah Charlotte Charlotte. With Charlotte has many has many hats, uh, and one of her hats she, is like Charlotte. Well, I, I refer to I refer to Charlotte as Queen of the North um, because Excellent. not only is she I accept uh, that okay uh, podcaster and uh, editor of True Faith uh, this month, I believe, but um, mm-hmm. but also part of the supporters trust and the trust have had a have had a role in this uh, episode, haven't they, Charlotte? Well, I don't know that I would call it a role necessarily, but um, as part of our ongoing quest to communicate with the club on behalf of fans and um, as part of our contention that um, fans deserve communication from the club that they give money to still and haven't had money back from, um, to be clear. Yeah, we have, I think Greg, our new chair, has reached out to um, our contacts at the club today to ask for clarification on whether or not the West Brom game is going to go ahead. Fans sort of deserve to know and and want to know, and I don't think we've had a response back as yet. Um, We continue I know, it's so weird. Mm. Um, But we continue to sort of, on our quest to to get clarification on loads, a range of issues for our members. I sort of, I'm sort of in two minds personally, like I sort of want it to go ahead because that would mean, you know, people are getting back to fitness and health and all of that stuff. And that's the most important thing here that people are not ill. But I also think that if we haven't trained together since the end of November, that it's just going to be terrible. We'll have to wait and see. 
Yeah, I would imagine the players have been keeping a, a fitness regime going while they've been at home and that kind of thing. Most of them have got these home gyms and things now, haven't they? But it's the tactical side of things and the, exactly. the kind of game plan and the strategy, which is the, the stuff it's the that what? could suffer. It's the yeah, what? I know. Amazing. <laughs> Um, no, they have had um, they have had home uh, home workout sessions. You know, blah blah blah. They've had their own personal pro- yeah. They've had their own personal programs. But no, as you say, it's not um, it's not the same as uh, training collectively together and things like that. I mean, yeah. We. I mean, before I make this joke, I will say that. I'm sure it's been a very worrying time for everybody, and we have to remember it's not just it's not just the footballers themselves; it's their partners, yeah. it's their kids, and of course, it's the fear that it spreads to, to you know to older relatives and more vulnerable people and things like that. So, there is a very human element. We mentioned this last week, but it's the most important thing. But it, it sort of raises that question. It actually. Although it feels a bit strange when Newcastle aren't playing over a weekend, it sort of did take away a lot of my sort of tension and stress from last weekend <laughs> yeah. and actually yeah. I watched a couple of other games and sort of did sort of enjoy them are weekends better without Newcastle at all um is that um or do you sort of miss them when they're not there it's an interesting it's an interesting question that you asked that one on my youtube thingy and um I did we concluded that it weekends are better without Newcastle <laughs> without games. Newcastle I like the idea <laughs> of them I think that I think the idea of Newcastle on a weekend is better but but the actual reality very often isn't. Should we just get them to play midweek then? Because you've got all the stuff the going on mid. You got all the stuff going on midweek work and all that. You can forget. You know, you don't have to worry about it then. Maybe that's the way forward. Keep, Keep the, the weekends, weekends completely, free. Completely clear. Yeah, yeah. That'll be good. All football be moves good. to midweek. Um, speaking of uh, the change in in media and football broadcasting and all that, Chris has recently uh, written a fantastic piece about uh, YouTube personality and giant hairy sweary machine, uh, the True Geordie. Has anyone seen this? Do people know about this stuff? I'm 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 a bit of a I'm a bit of a uh, I must say I'm a bit of a luddite when it comes to the YouTube stuff and the streaming, uh, but this stuff is very very popular at the minute. And Chris's piece about the True Geordie is now available uh, on the Athletic.co.uk. And I've had a read through that this morning. And I have to say it's a really really good piece. George, where do you where do you stand on all of this this YouTube stuff? I'm going to take the credit for it because that was my idea. And but Chris's. Oh. Chris, well, for the same reason that you've sort of mentioned, I just sort of thought that this, you know, I'm, I'm, you're constantly sort of seeing things. I mean, I still read newspapers, so you constantly see things in newspapers <laughs> about someone. There's a, you know, a TikTok, a TikTok influencer who's 14. He's got like 100 million followers or whatever you do on TikTok. And it's like I don't know what the, I don't know what TikTok is. Firstly, and it's like a fourteen-year-old with a hundred million. What, what you know? What's all that about? And then occasionally you'll see something in popular culture. There'll be somebody on Strictly Come Dancing or whatever who's yeah. an Instagram thing person or a YouTube. And it's absolutely it fascinates me in the sense that I'm of you know I'm of a generation where you're not famous until you're on television. And, you know, mm. whether you're a pop star or whether you're a film star or tele- television, you know, that that is how you sort of judge fame and or celebrity. And, of course, that's not the case anymore. You know, you now have people who are who are celebrities or famous because of social media, because of YouTube. And, you know, for me, until I think until sort of relatively recently, YouTube was something that you watched cat videos on funny cat videos on or you know if, if i was doing a bit of research into alan shearer's goals whatever it's somewhere you could see see something like that yeah. and you've got sort of properly famous big personalities now the 
one of the reasons why I wanted Charlotte on the show this week is because Charlotte does a YouTube show with with True Faith. That's another one of Charlotte's hats. And it's great. I was on it a couple of times. I, I love it. It's a pre-match thing on a Friday night. I'd heartily recommend uh, people watch and listen. It's very irreverent and funny, and uh, she has great Charlotte, on the stuff. Charlotte, does George does George do work through a visual medium? Um, he did the time he came on, particularly <laughs> because, he'd, um, because he'd had his tooth out. Oh, that yes. day, so visually it was very argument. entertaining. <laughs> I, I just, I just kept holding my cheek. It was so <laughs> oh, God. But anyway, it's sort it was of good, like swelling in real time. It was great. But it's, but it's, it's, it's. Um, sorry, that <laughs> there was an obvious punchline there. But, 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 um, oh, no. but, but um, the the true Geordie, you know, the true Geordie thing is is kind of is really fascinating and i didn't i mean i remember this character sort of on twitter and those those videos in the early days and very i mean funny uh, as you say ranty sweary and i think i was sort of I, I, you know i think he's i think he's a he's a kind of divisive figure amongst yeah. newcastle fans because some people <clears> watch <throat> it and think oh well that doesn't represent me that doesn't and Anyway, his his life and career has sort of taken a, has taken a sort of very interesting turn, and now he's a properly famous, big, well known character who it's not just about making videos, little sort of videos in his front room or whatever um, about Newcastle. He's doing these watch along programs, um, watching football matches with his mates, and it's. As they describe it, it's like a sort of version of Soccer, Soccer Saturday, but but yeah. as if you're down the pub with your mates. And the the thing that I'm fascinated by is that this is how so many people now consume football or yeah. or other stuff. I mean, whether it's uh, you know whether we're talking about Instagram or TikTok or all these or YouTube or and Twitch. You know, he's he's just moved on to Twitch. And the reason that I kind of latched onto this was because. We got sent an email basically saying that he'd been, he's taken on the same PR company that used to be Tony Blair's PR company. It's like a massive deal. Yeah. But Chris's piece is absolutely brilliant. I know I'm, I'm biased, but it's 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 fascinating. True Geordie, whose real name is Brian, used to be a deep sea diver, um, <laughs> yeah. and you you get a glimpse of the actual person behind this sort of persona. It's really important that we sort of. Well, it feels really important to me to sort of find out more about it because it's something I'm completely ignorant about. And oh, yeah. Chris's piece, Chris's piece, really explains it. But I, I, you know, I don't know what Charlotte thinks about the sort of ph- phenomenon. You're you're part of that. Um, you're part of that now with your sort of YouTube show. I wonder what. Why did you want to kind of get involved in that in the first place? And and you know, well, tell us a bit more about that. I want to be absolutely clear that about 12 people watch my show and the hundreds of thousands watch True Geordie. Um, why did I get involved? Um, Alex, who base, runs True Faith, told me to, and I don't... Nice. I don't... Um, I don't, don't argue with him. Um, no, we, we had talked about YouTube and we did... We, we'd, we'd sort of experimented with it last season. Um, we made um, full-time whistle videos, a little bit about the matches. Um, and we couldn't do that this season because we can't go to the games. And part yeah. of that is the sort of match day experience. And we were already doing, we have a Patreon platform. We're already doing um, something called True Faith Any Questions, where the people who um, 
listen would just send in their questions and we'd answer them and it was just more of a fun chat and it's a little bit lighter um than the sort of analysis that the uh, boys do as well and we just thought it would work well there's there's now there's these sort of easy to access um streaming um hosts basically that that make it very easy to have a couple of people in different locations on a live YouTube. Mm. And we just thought that medium would um, lend itself really well to something with faces, putting faces to names. People can, because it's live streaming, people can write their comments um, and ask questions in real time as news comes out. I really like the ones we do before um, matches. So if we've got an 8 p.m. on a Friday, we'll go on at 7 p.m. on a Friday and um, people, like the team sheet will just have come out and everybody's just, everybody's discussing that and stuff like that so i really really like interacting with people in that mm. way it is just a bit of fun I, I i see that through chris's um article that true geordie has managed to monetize his brand very well you know i have a job this is not my this is not my end goal i'm really enjoying doing it and as long as that's the case then i'm happy to sort of keep it going Excellent. Well, to give a little bit of context and a bit of, uh, bit of background on this as well, we've we've got a clip from uh, Chris uh, speaking to True Geordie about his rise to fame and everything else. Here we go. I think um, in age groups there are, yes. I, I guess um, we're sort of sitting in a quite nice space because I think we are, um, all of the lads on, on the shore are around about 30, so we can kind of go lower or higher in age, and I think we can connect the, nicely into different age groups, but Generally speaking, there are probably um, some people still watching Saturday and, and unaware of us. But ultimately, as time goes on, naturally that we're we're just heading in that space where we will take over, and we're already it, it's too late to catch us now. Sky have given up, and um, there aren't any. There is no number two. You know, there isn't. We are the only guys doing this. So, you know, um, while. I understand that some people won't be aware of us yet. Like future generations are going to sort of be introduced to football with the kickoff. That is going to be part of their, oh, well, I'm on, you know, like there's kids online now, 14 years old, watching all these little YouTubers who are aimed at them. But when they grow to that age where they want to know more about football, they're going to find us and we will be there, Jeff Stelling. And we, we, we are that next generation of that. And it's ironic because in the, the first episode of the kickoff, uh, which there's been 120, I, I said, this is Jeff Stelling's retirement party. Um, and it is, it genuinely is that we are the next generation. And um, basically, it's unfortunate for Sky and people like that because they can't, they're never going to, they can't, you can't buy what we have. You can't buy what we know. Like, and unfortunately for them, it's such a, they're, they're so out of touch with the, the future. I think all they can do is sort of make a version of it. You know what I mean? They can't catch it. Interesting stuff. It's absolutely fascinating, that though. I mean, but someone said to me, someone said to me, and they was they were talking about their kid, and they said there was two things that my baby daughter will never do. She'll never buy a newspaper and she'll never drive a car. And I think what he meant by that was that, you know, either newspapers won't exist in mm. newspaper form and in terms of car, it'll all be self-driving. 
but and and so I, I know that's not exactly sort of directly relevant. But if you're if you're spending your time if you if you're consuming television type stuff on your phone, you know, which mm. we all do, we all choose our own news now. I mean, we can choose what we want to read. We can choose when. I don't actually watch. When I, I talked earlier about celebrities being people you see on TV, I don't watch live t- TV anymore no, unless it's neither. the news or unless it's the news or football. The rest of the time, I'm watching the stuff that I've downloaded or I've recorded, and I choose what I want to watch when I want to watch it and it's the same with this kind of stuff you can actually watch the watch alongs at a match when you're at a match or when you're walking along with your phone or you know or on a train or on a bus or all that kind of stuff it is I mean no lack of confidence but it's actually kind of great to hear great to hear him not in character as it were but I'm going to watch one of those but uh, yeah very interesting this episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. We're going to talk about Newcastle's player of 2020. Now, yesterday I put out a little poll on Twitter. And as you know with these things, they are very unscientific. And as we uh, found out the other week when we did our poll, they don't always give you fantastic insight. But we thought it would be a a good idea to do. So uh, the the poll that I put out was uh, who has been the best NUFC player of 2020. Uh, And we gave four options. Now, those four options were Federico Fernandez, Isaac Hayden, Martin Dubravka or other and then we asked people to reply. Now, a lot of people replied Callum Wilson uh, for obvious reasons, I think, because Callum Wilson's been fantastic, hasn't he, since he joined the club. But we've kind of, we've said that Callum Wilson can't be included in this because he's only played for three months of the year and we wanted to make it across the full year. Does that seem fair enough to you? Well, it can be. I mean, it can be Callum Wilson if you think his three months at Newcastle are better than any other player over the course of a full 12 months. I mean, I think that's fine. Mm. Um, But, uh, and in fact, I think... Charlotte's going to argue, make a kind of similar sort of argument, I think, for her choice. But um, I don't know. I might have Callum Wilson in there. I might, if I had to do a top three, I might have Callum Wilson in there because um, simply because I've just enjoyed watching a striker so much. Yeah, well, yeah, that's it, isn't it? I mean, you don't know what you've got till it's gone, I suppose, as the uh, as the old song goes. And when Callum Wilson came in, it, it we were like, oh my god, that's that's what it is. <laughs> that's what a number nine does. Uh, yeah, so absolutely, Callum Wilson has been a massive, uh, a massive player for us, and his impact has been huge. Uh, for me, I think uh, when I'm choosing my player of the year, I think it's it's got to go down on how much he's played and and all that sort of stuff. I kind of take the whole year into account rather than just a a small portion of that. What about you, Charlotte? What do you think about Callum Wilson and his shout for player of the year? He wouldn't be mine because we haven't. Uh, I mean, you've seen enough to know that he's what we needed. Yeah. And he's clearly very good. And, you know, there's so much potential there for him to score a lot more goals for us when we're allowed to play again. But I think I would prefer, you know, to have a look at it as uh, the year as a whole or mm. someone with a little bit more 
a few more games under their belt. I think he's been incredible and I'm really excited about what he can do. And maybe in a year's time, if you ask me that question, he's going to be the, like, hands down the answer. But yes, uh, not yet. Also, a lot of people asking about Alanson Maximan as well and why he wasn't uh, including that. Um, they're saying uh, they would pick the player who's made them the most excited this season. And I kind of understand that as well, Georgia, but it's it's one of those, isn't it? He's, I think Alanson Maximan suffered a little bit from his inconsistency this season, hasn't he? Definitely. I mean, again, if you're if you're talking about the second half of last season, um, then I think um, I think he he would be uh, he would be right up there. And certainly, I, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I definitely sort of agree with that sort of logic. I think that's absolutely fair enough. You pick him because he's Newcastle's one one difference maker. He's the person that can turn a game from nothing, and he is the one that he is the one that gets you off. Off your seat. The downside um, to that sort of uh, argument is that I think he's been poor this season. Um, so that, and you know, there may be reasons for that, but um, I don't think he's been. I don't think he's kind of been great. And yeah, so it depends what your what your sort of rationale is. If you're looking for good consistency, good high level performances over a long period of time, then I think the I think that sort of rules him out personally, but I'm, but he's he's also very much there. He's also very much there amongst the runners and riders, and the people who are worth worth a mention. But yeah, again, I mean, it's it's interesting. It's sort of what you. I always find lists lists very very difficult to do, and I'm I'm sort of terrible at it. Like favorite films or favorite mutant, you know, <laughs> I find it. I have to break those things into then into sub sub lists and things. Like, well, I can give you my favorite film of the. 2000s or I could you know whatever but um and I think it's I think I think I think it's sort of it's it's one of those if you're talking about sort of favorite players of this year then he's probably top of the list because he's yeah, the one absolutely. that's made us made us excited if we're trying to reward consistent performances over the course of the entire year I think it makes it different so come on then George who's your shout for who's your who's your Newcastle United player of the year for 2020 well, I think we've. I think before we before before I do that, I mean, everyone probably knows who it is anyway. If you listen to the what, show, the apple of your eye. Yeah, I think so. But um, I think I think I think at the end of this discussion, we will be agreeing that you are right, Taylor. So do you think? I, I, I will say, yeah, yeah, I do. I think I think your answer is the right answer. Hmm. Um, I'm going to make the case for Isaac Hayden because. Um, I'm, you know, I've talked about it before. I won't labour this point because. As we've said before, there are various uh, court rulings in uh, place, which mean I can't talk about him for longer than five minutes in a public place. Um, yes. But um, I just think in terms of his, his own story, the fact that he's now signed a long-term contract after being at a point where he thought he had to uh, thought he would have to leave as a sort of big emotional sort of draw I love that sort of idea of him arriving here and kind of falling in love but then also think, thinking out to leave and staying anyway that's got nothing that wouldn't matter if he hadn't been any good I just think the team is always better with him in it um we miss him when he's not there he is so consistent he is you know he's he's a reliable player he he is, I think he's part of the backbone of the team. Um, I think he's, you know, I wish we played a style of football that allowed him to sort of express himself a bit more. But he does his job very, very well. Um, and he, he, he gets it. And he's a, he's, a, he's a kind of really good fella. 
um, to boot, you know, someone who understands the team, who understands the city. And um, I would maybe say, maybe he's like the best story of this year in some ways. I think maybe that's that's really how I see it. The fact that he's got himself... Typical journalist, always thinking in stories, aren't you? Well, hey. story, human story. I mean, human human yeah. story. He's And that he's, he has been through this very traumatic position. And so, yeah, if that was the category, if the category was sort of human story of the year then i think he would be he would be number one and um he's yeah he's a great lad he can see the club he can see the club for what it should be which is something that really shone through when i when i spoke to him and the club's a million miles from that from that point at the moment but he can see it and that's finally was what sort of i think was one of the things that persuaded him to stay you know okay yeah he could have he could have moved to brighton he could have gone somewhere else but as he as he sort of said you know if you look at the two if those two clubs it's no no disrespect to brighton who obviously battered newcastle this season but if you're just holding the two two clubs up in terms of stature then there shouldn't be shouldn't be any competition i think i think he's a really good player and a really good bloke he's he's a kind of captain in waiting i think yeah and um, i would agree with that i just love having loving him love having him in the team you just love him, George. That's what it is. I just love him. I do just love him. <laughs> Charlotte, what about you, Isaac Hayden? Is he a potential for player of 2020? Could you see, can you see where George is coming from with that? Yeah, I mean, I I like, I think that um, George could have finished a sentence on, I love having him. Because that just, that, you just full stop there. That makes sense. Um, yeah, hey, those. Hey, hey. I didn't realise. I thought we, this was, this like conversation was being held in a sort of mutual respect. I because, don't remember agreeing to that. It never is. Well, because now, because I mean, I know, you know, I know who your choice is. I wasn't going to go for the sort of lowest common denominator stuff, but I'm I'm now going to do that. No, we got into trouble last time Charlotte came on because we ripped her we gently about her um, appreciation, shall we say, of our goalkeeper. So are we going to go down that road again, George? Because I want no part in it. I shall say that now. Well, Thank she's, you, Taylor. She, she, she's put the gloves on. She's put the gloves on and hit me with the gloves. What? I'm not sure what that means. Um, no. Re uh, Isaac Hayden, I think you make a very compelling case, George. But um, the I think the question isn't who's got the best story of the year. It's who's. Yeah, I know. I've best. already accepted that Taylor's argument is the. I'm I'm arguing. I haven't even heard it yet. Very upset. <laughs> yeah, no. I think Hayden's good. I think that's a really interesting and true point that I hadn't really considered. That he's a captain in waiting. That is that makes sense to me as soon as you said it that um i could see that he's obviously like measured he's really grown up he's like from that article you did with him recently the maturity that's coming through is just lovely to see and um and i can see him sort of commanding the respect of his peers in a way like lasalle's does um but for me no he's not the player of the year Unsurprisingly, because I think George has given away who I think should be. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, the thing with Isaac Hayden, I think the reason why a lot of fans do warm to him is because he's very honest, isn't he, as a player? And he he uh, he leaves it all out on the pitch. He gets stuck in and all of those other cliches that I won't uh, wheel out. But he's, he's a very honest footballer and I, I really appreciate a player like that at Newcastle United and, and he's somebody who gets it. He just gets it, you know. Um, and I think when, like George said earlier on, I think when he doesn't play, I think it's really noticeable. 
Um, maybe more so than when a lot of other players don't play. Um, you know, if if Javier Manquillo, for instance, is unfit and we have to replace him at right back, I, I don't think it makes an awful lot of difference to the team massively. But I think if Hayden's missing, it just that that linchpin in midfield, that anchor, that little bit of bite, the bit of steel that we miss when he's not there, it, it's really noticeable. Um, I think he offers an awful lot more to that eleven than what a lot of people give him credit for. I don't know if you would agree way, with that, George, but... I th- well, I, I think Mankeo is worth a shout. You mentioned Mankeo. I think he's worth a shout in this conversation. I know he's not been in the team... I would uh, agree with that. ...all through this season. But, sir, I mean, I think, again, I think if the... I think if 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 the title was most improved player, then Mankeo would, yeah. would be winning it this year. Yeah, took the words out of my mouth there. I was literally just about to say most improved player. I would agree with you massively on that. Um, so... Come on then, let's move on. Charlotte, let's hear yours. Give us your give us your argument for Newcastle's player of 2020. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So I think that Newcastle's player of 2020 should be Martin Dubravka. Um, Okay. I think, you know. Why is that? (laughs) Because, well, actually, I think it could be. Dubravka slash Darlow, but I think if you're going on games played... Martin Darlow. Martin Darlow, yeah. And that, is, that is two people. They had, um, yeah, can I just... They had the same haircut for a little bit, so very interchangeable. But I think I think Darlow on the um, expectation versus performance, he's outperformed my expectations of him entirely in this period where he's had to play because... Dubravka's been injured, um, so a massive shout out to him. And, and I think there was a stat before our game, most recent game, that he um, he's made the most saves this season out of any Premier League keeper. Which you know, he's had the, he's had the most practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because we defend a, like a colander. That's why. <laughs> well, it is. It is. You know, it is something to think about. Is that our goalkeepers have to work a hell of a lot harder than most of the Premier League goalkeepers. Um, and and they get a chance to shine in that way. But Martin Dubravka, who played like excellently when we came back after Project Restart, um, we rely so heavily on our goalkeeper, be it Darlow or Dubravka. But I'm going with Dubravka because, as I said, when we started this um, conversation, that I think it should be on, you know, more appearances. That's why Callum Wilson doesn't get this shout. Mm. Um and I just think, yeah, we rely so heavily on a goalkeeper. And whilst um, I think us staying up um, last season was largely down to Martin Dubravka. So um, he gets my shout. Mm. What do we think, George? What do we think? Yeah, I mean... I'm sensing so, cynicism. 
No, I think I think if it's I sort of think if it's position of the year, then maybe goalkeeper wins. I mean, I think that's I think that's the problem. I mean, again, I think if Wilson, if I can say Wilson would be in my top three or might be in my top three, then that it certainly Charlotte's. You know, that's it's it's absolutely fair. I think I do think Darlow's been really really good though. I mean, so I suppose I suppose my argument would be, yeah, goal, goalkeeper is position of the year. Um, I would find it quite. I'm not sure I would choose Dubravka just because, you know, as as top because he hasn't been involved at all this season. So, um, I mean, an interesting question which I will happily pose to Charlotte is if by some miracle Martin Dubravka was not only fit for Newcastle's next game but was match fit, would he come straight back into the team with the way I... Darlow is playing now? I think that is a really interesting question. My answer is yes, he would 100% come back into the team. But it's a much less strong yes than it would have been even like a month ago um, because Darlow has been playing so well. I think it's, I think he will be watching games and thinking, oh, there's a lot more competition here for me than I anticipated when I went out injured. Um, ultimately, I think I think Dubravka is a, a more skilled goalkeeper than um, Carl Darlow, even though Carl Darlow has been working his socks off and has been brilliant. Like, I don't want to take away from that. But I he's think really, he's, he's really surprised me, Carl Darlow. Yeah, I, same. I think it's been fantastic, actually. I don't think, I don't think, it's a, I don't think it surprised people within the club, actually, because I did, I, I remember speaking to uh, someone, uh, someone kind of a, around the coaching staff last season, and he said that one of the, they thought that one of the reasons Dubravka was playing so well was because he was being pushed so hard by Darlow in training. I mean, obviously, you know, there's a big difference between training and, and, and matches, but, um, but it's been really, you know, it has been really good to see. I think, you know, a lot of us were sort of worried uh, when it became clear that Dubravka was going to be out for a for a long stretch of time, they're not the same. You know, they're not the same goalkeeper. They're different types of goalkeeper. I think Dubravka is much is much more sort of comfortable commanding his box than than Darlow is. But Darlow is um, has 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 been really really good. You can't fault him. And um, no, I think it's a fasc- I think it's a fasc- I think that would be a fascinating sort of. Um, Situation when Dubravka is fit and ready to come back in because it's very difficult to leave out uh, Darlow on this form. And if you're, you know, if you, yes, not uh, as I said earlier, not all not all goalkeepers are the same. We saw that when Dubravka came into the team and suddenly Newcastle played in a kind of different, you know, different way. So you can always justify it from that sort of perspective. But simply in terms of form, it would be a very very tough tough thing to do to leave him out. It would be unfair, really, wouldn't it, if he if he got booted straight away after after the way he's played recently. I think he's kept us in some games, uh, and some of the games where we've picked up three points, he's absolutely been one of the main architects behind that. Um, what you were saying before, George, about about Dubravka commanding his area a bit more than Darlow, I would completely agree with that. But I think that's one of the things that's that surprised me about Darlow is how much he's improved with that. This season, he seems to be a lot more comfortable and confident inside his own penalty area, uh, collecting high balls and that sort of thing. Crosses coming in and and just generally getting in amongst it. I, I I think he's he has improved immeasurably as a goalkeeper since he's come in, and that I think a lot of that comes down to to playing games as well, doesn't it? For sure, yeah, absolutely. There's no there's no substitute for that. So it's been very good to see, and yeah, there is there is 
strength and depth there, which is which is the kind of real real encouraging thing. So, I mean, I, I yeah. So I don't I don't um, I don't disagree with Charlotte's choice. I mean, I just I, I think I suppose I just think that Darlow has been so good this season. It's sort of in some ways it sort of it's a bit unfair on him to choose Dubravka. Yeah. I think if I think if it's goalkeeper, then I would I would probably agree. I'd go. I, I sort of did say that they could combine into one man. That would so, be, the, yeah. so there we go. Charlotte's choice is Carl Dubravka. It's <laughs> a fantastic choice. That's Charlotte. Well done. <laughs> right, come okay. on then, winner, Mister. So winner. moving on. Well, we've already said that that my that my choice was the uh, was was the obvious choice, but you got to choose Alan Shearer for the. That's true. The last time we did one of these sort of things. So I'm having my moment now. Uh, anyway, just to give you a little bit of context and a bit of backup for this as well, uh, the the poll that I put out, we had nearly 1,800 votes on that, and this player uh, won that with 50% of the vote. Now, I would suggest that those kind of statistics would mean that what I have chosen is correct. Uh, and that player is, of course, Federico Fernandez. Um, I think over the last year, he's been the most consistent I think he's been a fantastic defender for the team. I think he's done things in games which I've not seen defenders do in games uh, for Newcastle for a long time. The man is a warrior. Uh, and I think he's became probably not just our best player over the year, but probably our most important player. He seems to drag the defence along with him. Um, I felt like this was going to be the kind of player that Jamal Lascelles was going to eventually become further down the line. But Lascelles has kind of gone off the boil a little bit this year. And thank God we've had this guy standing next to him. He has thrown himself in front of everything that's came his way. He has made more blocks than any other defender in the Premier League. Um, he would, if you launched a skip full of wall bricks into the air, he would rise like salmon and head it back across the halfway line. I know for a fact he would. Um, he's just a magnificent uh, defender. And I think... There's, there's, when he first came in, I think a lot of fans kind of weren't sure about him. He came from Swansea. Uh, they had just been relegated, I believe, when we signed him. People weren't sure about his his pedigree and that kind of thing. And he came in. He's just gotten better and better as time's gone on. And I have to say, he's not just, I think, our best player of the year, but I think probably our most important player as well. Um, I think he's a wonderful, wonderful player. Uh, and I hope he stays for a very long time. That is my TED Talk. Thank you very much. Good night. It's very compelling. It's very compelling, and yes, our own uh, Chris Woff uh, is very much, uh, very much behind that decision too. I've always and, liked him. And, I've always liked that lot. And I agree. It's quite interesting if you think, Taylor, because we were we were at the Northeast Football Writers Player of the Year last we year, were. and um, Fabian Chair won that with his amazing mm. trousers, and he's. Um, <laughs> Not I'm not saying he's for them. And I'm not saying he's regressed, but he's certainly regressed in terms of importance to the team. Mm. And again, you're right. I mean, you know, various moments Lascelles has been has been the most important defender, but Fernandez has come through has come through the lot and um no, he's 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 name number one on the team sheet, I think is the is the cliche I'd use. He's so reliable, he is so consistent, you know exactly what you're gonna get. Um, he's a much better footballer uh, than I think he gets sort of credit for, and in some ways, although we're kind of hailing him as Player of the Year, I think he's the, he's 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 probably one of the players we know least about. And it's not he's not like high profile. He's not that sort of character. He just goes out and does his job and does it and does it very well. I mean, I suppose the fact that we're you know we're highlighting a a defensive midfielder 
be two goalkeepers and see a centre half tells you, you know, probably tells you quite a lot about the modern day Newcastle, the Newcastle of 2020, because it means it shows sort of how defensive and how sort of negative, I suppose, it's been um, in terms of, you know, we're not choosing players who spend a lot of time on the ball or do much with it. But um, no, he's become a he's become a really, really important player. And yeah, all all joking aside, he 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 would be my choice as well. I think defenders often get overlooked as well, don't they? When you talk about things like this, about player of the year or, you know, stuff, them kind of accolades, defenders often get overlooked, as you know, as do goalkeepers as well. Um, but, but I think he's doing things which aren't pretty and he's doing things which are, you know, he's tough and it's, uh, he's getting his shorts muddy basically. Um, yeah. And I, and I, and I think it gets, it gets, it gets forgotten, you know? I mean, I don't think it does in our team because I think that's what. Well, no, because does. that's all we do. <laughs> so it's Dubravka yeah. or it's defenders. I mean, they're the people that stand out. But, but anyway, what do you think, Charlotte? Yeah, I, I can't really argue with it. I think the point about knowing very little about him is is a good one. Um, in as much as he's the sort of player that you want, you just want to get your head, get their head down, and and do the work, which is exactly what he's doing. He's not showy. He's not. You know, ASM's brilliant to watch and so entertaining when he's on form. But like you say, he can be really inconsistent. Where I think that's where what Fernandez is not is that he, you know, he's not showy. He's just he turns up and he works really hard and he and he makes some incredible clearances yeah. and he just gets his head right back down and um and back into the game. And I, and I think and I think he yeah, consistency is not is is something that he has in abundance I think he has been absolutely brilliant this year he has there was one in particular one of these blocks slash clearance things that he did in the Palace game where he he, he kind of just appeared from nowhere it was almost it, it was like he teleported into the box and just the, <laughs> the the strikers the look on the strikers face as he hit the ball which he was he, he must have presumed the ball was in the net and then he looked and then you saw the look on his face as he turned around the camera got him and his face just screamed where the fuck did he come from there because it was it was just it was just out of nowhere and i mean he's he's really good at that isn't he he's really good at getting himself into those positions where he can do something which makes a big difference to the game he's he he puts himself in the way of the ball uh, and i love i love seeing stuff like that you know i love seeing that and it's it, it's a difficult job that especially in our team in our team, that is, there's, we are asking an awful lot of those lads who play in that back four or five or six or nine or whatever, <laughs> nine, however many yeah. players we defend yeah. with these days. We are asking a lot of those lads at the minute. And, and I think Federico Fernandez does it without any fuss. Um, you never hear of him whinging. He's never, you know, he just gets on with it and he does his job. I think he's a fantastic player. There's no hiding place. That's exactly it. There's no hiding place Absolutely. for those players, you, and um, and so you see them, you see them for all their limitations. And um, I mean, the best thing you can say about Fernandez is that there really aren't any. There certainly haven't been, certainly haven't been this season. He's been an absolute mainstay. Fantastic, excellent. Well, there you go. There you have it. The people have spoken, and so have we. Uh, Newcastle United's player of 2020 is Federico Fernandez, closely followed. Uh, in second place on the vote by uh, Martin Dubravka slash Carl Darlow slash Carl Dubravka slash Martin Darlow uh, with 26% of the vote. And then Isaac Hayden coming in in third, sorry, George, on 19% of the vote. But I've got a feeling that 
one of these days we will do this poll again and Isaac Hayden will win. That's how I feel. Because I love Isaac Hayden as well, George. I think he's great. Yeah, I mean it's the same thing. It's the same thing, though, isn't it? With choosing a centre half or a keeper, he's he's not. They're not the kind of players that that leap out, and so yeah. they're only going to get voted for in a bad year. I think. I mean, I don't mean bad year in terms of you know. Well, yeah, it has been a bad year in terms of it's football. Shit year, George. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, I don't know why I was going to qualify that. Um, but you know, if if Newcastle are fifth in the table or fourth or third, I mean, I know that's very unlikely. You're not going to get a centre half or a goalkeeper or a defensive midfielder winning this poll. I mean, I think that's that's just one of those facts of life. It's not particularly nice, but it's I do think it's true. I think it's I think it's sort of you know these players stand out because we're seeing a lot of them because because we have to. But mm. um, so I don't know. I don't know whether a player like Isaac Hayden will will win it, but. I wanted to I wanted to speak up for him. And you always will, George. You've always got his back. Great stuff. And if you want to read Chris's uh, Chris's article there, uh, it is on uh, theathletic.co.uk. Get yourselves on there and have a look at that. Just before we wrap up, George, we've got a little bit of news about the We Are The Geordies film, haven't we? Coming up this week, they're going to be having a premiere online. Is that right? Yes, I feel a bit reluctant to say this in front of Charlotte because I think it's... Um, are you doing your show this weekend, Charlotte? I do my show every week. Yes. All right. Wow. Okay. Fine. Um, but if um, so, yes. On Friday night, um, there is going to be a the, the sort of premiere premiere of We Are the Geordies. The premiere. That's what I said. Uh, of the fans' film that we talked about last week. Isn't that week. squeezy cheese? It is squeezy cheese. Don't spoil this. Um, tickets to that are now available. Yes, um, and there's gonna, I'm going to help moderate moderate that. So um, if you if you look up, we are the Geordies on uh, on Twitter. You'll find out how to um, how to buy tickets for that. And the tickets from that, all the proceeds from that, are going to the Newcastle uh, United Food Bank as well. Is that right? Indeed, indeed. Yes. Excellent stuff. That sounds like it could be a right laugh. Well, thank you very much, Charlotte, uh, for coming on as well. It's been great, haven't you? Thank you for having me. It's been fun. No problem at all. You're welcome back anytime you give us a nice, fresh, different outlook to Krusty Chris and his sausages. Ah, we miss him. <laughs> we do. I like Can't wait him. to have him back. I do as well. I like him. Not as much as some people, but I do. <laughs> I, do like I, toler- him. I tolerate him. Yeah. George, thanks a lot, mate. Take care. And you, yes, and thanks to Charlotte. That's been uh, That's been great having you on. Thank you very much. And thank you to you, dear listener, for tuning in again. We'll be back very soon with more Pod on the Tine. Look after yourselves. Take care. And bye-bye. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 